It's a who's who of British and Irish singers, and it's catchy, too. We're talking Band-Aids. Do they know it's Christmas? Hit it. It was 1984. Ghostbusters was ruling the cinema. Madonna's Like a Virgin was skyrocketing. The Detroit Tigers won the World Series, and Bob Geldof put together a supergroup to help fight famine in Ethiopia. I'm your host, Jerry D., with another episode of Totally Rad Christmas, the podcast that talks all things Christmas in the 80s, toys, movies, specials, music, and fads. If it was gnarly during Christmas in the 80s, we got it covered. Now, joining me tonight is a very special guest, April Riley. April, how's it going? Um, it's going about as well as it can in in lockdown with, uh, with my kids. For, I don't know. What are we on week seven? Something <laughs> like that. I've lost count. I don't even know anymore. It's, I think it's like a week today was day 50. I think day 50. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh. Yeah. It has gone to the point where, uh, you know, uh, I saw a meme today. It was like, if if we were on, you know, Jeopardy or something, and it was like, what's what day is it? You know, people their answers would range from like Tuesday, Saturday to 1982. To- <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but like I, I will say, um, we my one of my daughters had an orthodontist appointment yesterday, and normally those kind of appointments are like, oh, we've got another appointment. But I was like, I was so excited to have an orthodontist appointment. Like this is. Granted, it was not, there was no sense of normalcy. They've got a routine now. Um, right. But it was the first time she has been, yeah, I think in, in about two months, her appointment last month had gotten canceled. And just that little bit of normalcy is like, you know, but I had to set alarms on my phone to make sure I knew to get ready and leave because <laughs> I, you know, I, I have no concept of what day it is. Oh, yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Uh, my daughter, you know, she's doing the online schooling thing, and um, we have to set alarms for all of her Zoom meetings, mm-hmm. and then, you know, alarms for everything else, and it's just, if you don't have them, I noticed uh, things really yeah. start to fall behind. They do, they do. I've got two that do speech therapy through the school, so they've got their speech therapy times that cool. I have to set an alarm for, and their phone calls on different days, you know, three different kids on different days. Um, right. So yeah, I've got, I think, six or seven different alarms on my phone to <laughs> make sure I stick with that. And we have missed a few, so... Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know what you mean. Even like I set them like an hour before, two hours before, sometimes a day before and still it, uh, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't work. Yeah. I, I set them for five minutes before. So that way it's like, okay, now you have to get on right now. So it's an immediate thing. If I set it an hour before we'll forget, but um, yeah, I set it about five minutes before so I could just automatically move them to wherever they need to be. That's good. I might, I might need to do that. Although I, I guess it'll be my wife. Cause I'm, I went back to work uh, just this week and you know, I'm, it's I'm, been I'm envious. I'm very, <laughs> it's, it has been great. It's, it's like a nice break. Although I was a little nervous because no one there is wearing masks or anything, no gloves, yeah. no masks. And luckily there's only like 10 of us. Uh, and we're, we're pretty spread out, but still it's just, it's a little scary sometimes. It's hard to, I, I feel like it's a little hard to 
gauge what life is like supposed to be like right now. Yeah. Um, like we don't, we don't go out too much. Um, and so I do have masks, but I always forget them or my glasses fog up. So it's like, I don't want to wear my mask. Um, so it's like, you know, I, I guess because I don't have a personal, you know, kind of connection, it still feels like something out there. Right. Um, so I'm trying to follow the recommendations, but I'm really just staying home. Yeah. And, and that's what we did too. Uh, and as soon as I get back from work, I mean, that's same thing, like hop in the shower, put the clothes in the wash. and mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I guess better safe than sorry. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I don't work outside the home. I go to school full time and my, um, they push the semester start date for me for my fall semester, assuming that we actually go back in person. Um, right to september 7th so i will okay. not be going anywhere until september well that's not too bad uh well <laughs> it is when i'm like i i want to go somewhere I, I'm like, um, fever yeah. yes yeah yeah i can see that <laughs> so it's like with you know with i'm hoping that summer camps for my kids will still be you know kind of open like right now i have my one of my daughters registered for a soccer camp next month so i'm hoping they go on um to at least have something Something. otherwise we are kind of sitting pretty until mid-august when my kid maybe go back to school um and that's a very long time from now (laughs) yeah my um so my wife is a teacher she's a dyslexia therapist and so she's has you know has been teaching while i've been watching the, the little kids and um you know she's just like okay just you know, three more weeks, three more weeks. And mm-hmm. now it's down to about two and a half more weeks. And after that, they're on summer vacation. Yes. And so I know that once she starts watching little kids, they're going to get better, <laughs> better quality education than they did with me. <laughs> yes. I'm ho- well, I'm hoping that once school ends for us, like I have my oldest is a freshman in high school and he is actually finished this Friday. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, which is a few weeks earlier that, so I have no idea when my other, if my other kids go towards, you know, the end of May when they're supposed to, right. um, but I'm really looking forward to it because I just feel like everybody is stressed out. You know, when you have work or you have school, home is away. Um, yeah. Now the lines are blurred. Um, you know, you don't have, your home space is now the stress of school, the stress of work. Um, right. so just, I think everybody's kind of on edge because of that. So I'm hoping that once school ends, things will get a little bit easier. Um, probably won't, but things will get a little bit easier. Just not having that stress hanging over them. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, what does help with stress is listening to Christmas music, yes. <laughs> which brings us to tonight's topic. Um, we're talking the uh, band-aids. Do they know it's Christmas? Uh, what's your uh, What's your experience with this song? What do you How do you feel about this tune? Well, I mean, I like. I, I, okay, so I can't remember. I was born in 1983, so okay. as long as I remember, this song has has been around. Um, right. My husband's a little older than I am, so he, he he's not too fond of. He doesn't like this song, which I really think he would <laughs> because he is a stuck in the eighties when it comes to the, the, the music he listens to. He, nice. he never left the eighties. I dig um, it. That's my, got a, my like, kind of guy. He, yeah. He loves Duran Duran. You know, he loves a lot of these, you know, bands, but he, he, he finds it kind of self-righteous. Um, I, on the <laughs> other hand, I like, you know, I, I liked it. I had a lot of misconceptions about the song, especially about who was in it oh, for okay. the longest time. 
Um, but I, you know, I, I happen to like the song and I'm not going to, like, I listen to most of my Christmas music throughout the year on um, Amazon music. So I'm not going right. to hit the down, I'm not going to hit the thumbs down button to skip it. Um, if it comes on, it's not right. something that I would necessarily like, Oh, this is my, you know, in my Christmas, you know, must have list, but mm-hmm. I, I do enjoy it. Right on. You know, it's funny. Um, I honestly, I don't remember this song very much until about uh, 15 years ago or so. And and that's when the, the radio stations up here really started playing it like all the time. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm assuming they did it before then, but it was one of those things that I never really listened much to the radio. I always listened to like my CDs or, right. <laughs> you, know, you know, back when they had CDs. Yeah. Or tapes. Uh, <laughs> or tapes. Yeah. I don't, I don't feel like Christmas music when I was younger was in as heavy rotation as it is now. I agree. Granted like, yeah. when I was a child, I, you know, I was a child of the nineties. So um, growing up, I don't, I, I didn't listen to a lot of the radio, but I don't remember like a month or two month long Christmas music stint. Like, right. you, see now. Um, you know, it was a couple of days before Christmas or the 24 hours of Christmas. So I don't feel like we had as much exposure to constant Christmas music like we do now. I, I completely agree. It's something that, that was never really on my radar. And then all of a sudden I saw a billboard one day that was like, Hey, tune into this station and turn it on. And for your complete, Christmas music and so I thought all right well they'll play a couple of tunes here but no it was like fully like you said completely Christmas music and it was awesome uh you know until they started like just playing the same like seven songs over and over again but (laughs) now now I can appreciate serious uh, like I have serious XM radio nice four or five different Christmas channels yeah um, that you can kind of swap through And, and a lot of them there are a couple of them that start like November 1st. It might even be before November 1st at this time. At oh, this wow. point. Um, but, but I usually keep, and, and they go, I think some of them go through like December 28th, maybe a couple of them go, there might be one that goes through December 31st, but it's like from the time it starts, the time it ends. I don't listen to anything but Christmas music. So. Nice. <laughs> Which is, um, you know, it, it's something that I get a lot of exposure to because I work at a Christmas store. Right. So, so normally, you know, starting in July, we start to listen to the Christmas music. And then uh, usually around February is when we kind of change it to something else because yes, no it's like really there much I, anymore. Yeah, I feel like at some point you do have to have a break. Um, like I, you know, even though I spend that two months leading up to Christmas and like slightly after Christmas, nonstop Christmas music, it's sporadic here and there right right and i probably would go insane if that were all i listened to you know when when this uh when i first heard the song i didn't like it very much and uh, the more i've listened to it the more it's really grown on me you know it's one of those that uh i I don't know what it is i I think because it was more british (laughs) (laughs) which is strange because i love you know same uh you know i love duran duran i love uh i love those you know all those guys paul young is is pretty hip you know stuff like that sting i love you know love the police bono's in there bono yeah yeah and but just for some reason like it felt like it was composed um internationally and and uh i didn't actually know a whole lot about it like i said i had misconceptions about who was in it for the longest time um i I didn't realize probably until recently that it was british and irish like i for the longest time thought michael jackson was in it because there's a part from boy george that has very michael jackson's sound so i thought michael jackson was in it (laughs) 
I may or may not be singing that later. <laughs> like he was like, I think I watched the video and I was like, that's the video. for one, Michael Jackson's not even in this. Uh, Cause I think I, I might get it confused with we are the, that, uh, we, are we are the, are the world. world. Yeah. And so I, I think actually kind of where that I have, where I blur the line like that, like maybe yeah. I, I felt like they were similar. Um, so watching the video for the first time, and it was recently, it was in the past year. It might've been like around last Christmas. I discovered that A, there are no American singers and B, there's no Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did the same thing. I, I actually thought that this one uh, came after We Are the World. I thought, oh, they're just trying to rip off We Are the World. But like most progressions, the British did it first and then the right. <laughs> us Americans did it afterwards. Uh, it's just one of those things that, uh, you know, you think of big name super groups. And of course you think of like all the biggest stars, you know, Cindy Lauper, and and, uh, mm-hmm. and Michael Jackson and Lionel Richie and all those guys that came out in the We Are the World and right. so, same thing for a long time I thought they were all in there and yeah. of course they're not <laughs> yes the, no they're not and uh, like I have a, I don't know why but I have a thing for supergroups um, nice. like anytime people that I, I like I like my worlds colliding yeah um, you know I think that's why I like the Avengers movies because yes. I like all of my guys like you're they're all here at once um, yes so it's like. Um, the super groups when it's like you know, somebody from this band, even today, um, you know, there are groups like Audio Slave where you have members of Rage Against Machine and um, and, and Soundgarden, you yeah. know, just, I, I really enjoy super groups. So I think that's, that might be part of the reason I like this because there's just so many people that I know and like, yeah. and I also like being able to try and pick out who's who. Obviously, I do that poorly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe just a little if you think yeah. Michael Jackson's in there. But <laughs> no, well, I know. I mean, Boy George does. They can't. Yeah, he's got he, a higher voice. Like he is. Michael. Yeah, he's definitely a first tenor. That's for yeah. sure. Uh, it's it's funny that you you mentioned the supergroups because I'm the same way. I mean, I I do love big crossovers. Uh, mm-hmm. I loved when. Uh, Soundgarden teamed up with um, Pearl Jam and did the the Temple of the Dog. The Temple thing. of the Dog, yeah. And then there was uh, the Traveling Wilburys. I liked I liked them, mm-hmm. and um, you know uh, who was it? Uh, uh, Tommy Shaw and uh, Ted Nugent, and and they had their group. Um, okay. I can't I can't remember the name right now. Bad. I don't. Yeah. I'm bad not something. With that one. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a little bit. It's definitely eighties there, but. <laughs> Uh, their hit was like, "Can you take me high enough?" or something. But oh, 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 oh! I know, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and I, I don't, the, the name's escaping me now. And I was just talking about them, and I can't. Was it Mister? It. it wasn't Mister Mister. No, it? no, it definitely wasn't that one. But now I feel uh, like I have to look that up because I because <laughs> I know what you're talking. Like I, I can hear the song in my head. I know what you're talking about. But. Is it? It's not. No, it's not bad religion. Uh, but anyway, no, it's definitely not bad religion. So, uh, but, they were more of a. Um, a Kind of they were that. in the 90s, weren't they? Yeah, they were yeah. in the 90s, and they were, I don't think they were a super group. I'm no, I don't think they up. were either. I thought it was bad something, but maybe not. I'm but, looking it up. Is it Damn Yankees? Damn, that's the one, yes. Okay. Yes, it is. <laughs> that's Damn exactly Yankees. the one. Okay. Yep. And, uh, you know, so I, I'm the same way. I love those groups when they get together. There's there's something just magical about, you know, the you know, you have this awesome guitarist and this awesome singer right. and they just, it, they complement each other so well, you know? Right. It's like taking the best, I, I don't necessarily, but you, you know, you have Phil Collins on the drums. Yes. And, you know, so it's like, you're kind of taking the bet and that man, that poor man has not aged well at all. <laughs> uh, we saw him in concert last November. Oh, nice. How, how yeah. was he? he Voice wise, he is yeah. spectacular, but his body is, I mean, like he had, he walked out with two, 
canes. He sat the entire time. About halfway through the show, he fell out of his chair, and I thought maybe we witnessed the death of Phil Collins. Oh, no. Uh, yes, like he fell onto the ground, and it was like, oh, no. It was horrible. Like, he's so frail body-wise that you it was worrying um but it, he voice wise he's wonderful um the, the person that is on tour with, or was on tour with him on the drums is actually his 18 year old son who is wow amazing. that's cool that's um, super like, cool yeah the kids the kid is great so it's like even even seeing that kind of stuff like father and son kind of thing, yeah you know that those team ups i like too <laughs> no i i completely get it um so this song was um, it was kind of inspired by a series of reports um, for the BBC that uh, Bob Geldof, who was a he was a part of the Boomtown Rats, he was a singer for them. That he and his uh, his then girlfriend were watching, and you know it really like spoke to them. We need to do something to help this you know Ethiopia struggling with mm-hmm. struggling with this famine. So he uh, he called up a friend of his, uh, Midjur, and together they sat down. They they wrote this song. And it's funny because reading like interviews with them, um, they both agree that the song is terrible, <laughs> that it's it's a bad, you know, it's it's not a good song, but they just needed something that they knew was going to sell so right. that they could raise enough money. And uh, <laughs> it's funny that we mentioned We Are the World because he said, Bob Geldof said that he was responsible for two bad songs. Yeah. One, and then We Are the World. <laughs> and I know they I like- really love both of these songs so i'm not i'm not really big on we are the world um but i think it's i i i I think if uh this song were not a christmas song Uh i don't think i would like i i think you're right uh there's something about it you know you know do they know it's christmas just that phrase it really gets to you. And yeah. if, if it was any other phrase, I'd, it, we wouldn't have the same impact. Uh-uh. Right. Well, like, I, you know, I, I've like had philosophical, um, you know, discussions with myself about this song. Like, you know, how <laughs> ethnocentric is this song? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, do they, they don't really care that it's not Christmas, you know? Um, yes, I think they like food, but I don't think they care. You know, that's, that's kind of our take on Christmas is, and I mean, being Jewish, I kind of get it. Um, you know, I can see both sides of. <laughs> right, you know, right. I love Christmas, but at the same time, I can step back and be like, that. That ten, there are groups that that's not their holiday, that's not their thing. Um, right. So it's like to assume that they are missing out on something big because they don't have Christmas. It's like, well, they don't know they're missing out on something big because they don't. Have, they've never experienced Christmas. So, uh, yeah, I've wrestled with that in my head. <laughs> well that's okay i mean you know and i'm glad that you brought up that that, um you are jewish um because as a jewish woman um how is it or what is it about christmas that really in you know speaks to you and then what is about christmas music in general you know Um, well from like i grew up celebrating christmas okay um so it's like i didn't become observe more observant um until I was an adult. And, you know, so it was my choice. So we did, you know, we didn't have any other holidays. Like I didn't have Easter growing up. um, Right. But we did have Christmas. Um, There was nothing, you know, religious to it. Um, But I just, I like, there's just, it feels different. Um, There, uh, I I love my Jewish holidays. I do some more than others, but there's nothing that, that there's a, there's an entire like feeling based around, like the world feels different. Um, So I think, with Christmas, people are a little bit nicer. Yes. Um, people just, 
everybody's, you know, people are more giving. It's just, I, I, I like the entire feeling from like November 1st on of just the world feeling better. Um, I think, you know, we still, we, we, the, the news feels a little less, and maybe this year might be different, but the news feels a little less, dra- you know, things feel less drab. You're focusing on Christmas. Um, so I think that's why, you know, I like the music is, is fun. I like Christmas, mo- you know, I love Christmas movies. Um, if you were to ask me my top five or top 10 favorite movies, I've got several Christmas movies in there that are like, I will watch all year. I could literally watch probably daily. Um, like Elf and Christmas Vacation, I could watch those. Oh, I love Christmas day. Vacation, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, it was just on this past weekend, and I watched it then. It's like I will pull out Elf, in it, you know, at least once a month and watch Elf. Um, nice. Because I just like the movies. Um, yeah, so well, I, and I I get you there because I used to, my wife and I used to fall asleep to Elf. Like we'd, ha- we'd put it on at night right before bed because we knew that it was just so comforting and warming that we'd right. fall asleep. Like, like yeah. on AMC, you know how like you've got the movie channels um, that will play Elf almost every single night. Mm-hmm. And my husband will be like, why are you watching Elf again? As soon as <laughs> like, no, I would, I will. If, if Elf is on, I'm going to watch it. Um, and I will watch it every single night. So, <laughs> and uh, so Christmas music, how does that speak to you? Is it just oh, the same kind of thing? Okay, so or? obviously, I have. Um, I kind of do a weird. Um, I don't want to say weird, but I don't really obviously do religious Christmas music, right. um, and the Christmas right. carols, if you will. Um, okay. I kind of steer clear of those, which they, they, over the years, um, especially the past couple of years, it's been a little easier to do that um, because you do have specific radio stations that deal yeah. more with Christmas carols opposed to um, like they've got a, you know, a Christian Christmas channel right. and then you have regular pop music and the regular pop Christmas or Hallmark. It tends to be, you don't you don't get the Christmas carols in there. Right, um, so I try Christmas and, songs. Right, right. So mm-hmm. I try and, you know, I like the, 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 there's some, like, I love the Dolly Parton Christmas and the Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers. Um, you know, I like old Gene Autry. I like Kelly nice. Clarkson. So um, I, I just, it's, it's better than the majority of music that is out today. <laughs> so <I think> that's <laughs> yes. my biggest issue is like and, and I, you know how when you're a kid and you're listening to music and your parents are like this, this is awful and you're like mm-hmm. no you don't know what you're talking about old person and now <laughs> i'm listening to stuff that my kids are listening to and i'm like this is not music yeah this is awful yes. and, and they play it they play these pop songs on repeat for like five months you'll hear it five times in an hour for a five month period and yep. it's like, this, this is a awful b who wants to hear this anymore? Yeah. Um, so it's like Christmas music is, I, I feel like a break from that. I don't have to deal with horrible Christmas music or, or, or horrible pop music. Sad part is I'll stop listening to regular music in October and I'll come back in January and they're still playing the same pop songs every five minutes. Like <laughs> nothing new has come out in three months at all. Um, Apparently not. <laughs> yeah. So I just, I, I, there's, there's Christmas music that just kind of evokes feelings that mm-hmm. is tradition that go hand in hand with, you know, it's almost Christmas time. Um, so I think that's why I like Christmas music so much because you know, when I'm listening to it constantly, it goes with the rest of the world at Christmas time. Yeah. I, I get you. Uh, there's there's something magical about, uh, and, and I know I've already said magical, but anyway, there, there's something very special. I'll say that about um, 
you know, about Christmas carols and, and Christmas songs that uh, it's the instrumentation, mm-hmm. you know, it's the, uh, the, the melodies and harmonies and just their progressions that, that go. But, but generally, you know, you hear the sleigh bells going, you hear maybe a, something on a Celesta and it's just all of a sudden it takes you to that next, you know, that next level of, Oh, I'm, I'm nice and happy now. Right. Or just like a, like a, a feel like I, when I listen to like Gene Autry, here comes Santa Claus, that, that song is how old? 67, 60 years old. Yeah. Um, something like at least. So it's like it, from a time that I was not even alive for that. I was not even familiar with, but something that I kind of see as a more simple times, mm-hmm. um, you know, back in what, what you see in a Christmas story, um, right. where it's not, you know, it's not that you go home and listen to the radio and it's just not o- over commercialized. And that is part of an issue, you know, part, part it does kind of weigh you down around Christmas these days is how commercial things do get. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I mean, there are songs that can just, you know, bring back a feeling of a nostalgia that even though I wasn't alive in 1940 and I have no idea what it was like to live back then, this makes me feel kind of like I, I was. In yeah. Life. Yeah. Longing for that bygone era kind of. Right. That I have no, no clue whether it was actually any good. Or not. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, yeah, uh, there was the, the depression somewhere in there, but. Uh. Right. Right. Like, that, was world, that was world war, you know, 1940 and 1945 was world, yeah. war, world war II and we had D-Day and things were rationed. And it yes. Wasn't, you know, then you had the, uh, the cold war after that. So it was probably, you know, you, I think every generation has probably gone through some really hard times. Um, We look at what we're going through now and it's like, yes, it's different from anything else somebody else has gone through 50 years ago, but you know, we we're going to look back in 30, 40 years, hopefully, and remember the better parts of it um, and kind of have that longing to go back to the better parts of it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I know what you mean. It's, yeah, I mean, it just it, even thinking back to when you're a kid, you know, mm-hmm. and there's that special feeling you get at Christmas time, you know, you hear the music and of course you see the lights and the trees and everything. And it's just, oh, wow. You know, you're just, yeah. you just can't wait for it. Uh, but even then, you know, nowadays we're, we're still, you know, we're longing just for that. So yeah. I know what you mean. The the music, it evokes the memories, the nostalgia, that that whole feeling there. And, yeah, um, and I think that's that's probably why I like Christmas and Christmas music so much because it does take me back to when it was just the, the anticipation and looking forward. You know, you have that joy as a kid and yeah. it's just joy. It's like now as an adult, yes, I still have bills to worry about and I have a mortgage to pay and I have to, you know, buy for four kids um, and families and send things <laughs> and it's right. stressful. But because I can kind of draw on that memory from late 80s, early 90s of being a kid at Christmas, I think that's why I like it so much because it does even, it it kind of dulls everything else that you have to deal with as an adult. Yeah, I I know exactly what you mean, especially with this tune. I mean, when you got a whole bunch of, you know, stars from our era, Mm -hmm. you know, we were talking Phil Collins, uh, cool from cool in the gang. Who's like the only non, uh, you know, non British, (laughs) non Irish person. Uh, I mean, you have, Boy George, you know, uh, I mentioned Bob Geldof. You get, you Bono's got, uh, in there. yeah, Bono. Um, uh, let's see, Sting, Andy Taylor, um, the singer from uh, Duran Duran. From Duran Duran, yeah. Uh, Simon Lebon, uh, Jody Watley. She's in the 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 gang vocals there, the Feed the World part. Okay. Uh, 
Paul Young. Is, I mean, just is David Bowie in there somewhere? David Bowie's in there. Somewhere. So he was originally supposed to record. Um, he couldn't make it to the actual recording. Okay. But he was able to make it to some of the Live Aid concerts. Okay. And so, um, so he is. Yeah, he is there uh, singing that part that he was supposed to originally sing. Okay. Uh, which is to me is just it's really interesting. Uh, you know, to to have that kind of oh yeah well you know. I'll give up my part, even though I know I, I made the song a hit for you because it was originally written for you. I mean, that's, that's kind of cool, you know? Yeah. And the whole thing was recorded in like a, a 24 hour, 24 stand. hours. Like yeah. The fact that you have all of these egos in there. Uh, they're all kind of at the height of their career. Um, oh, George Michael. We, we have not. George, Ma- George Michael. Yes, yeah. We have from not Wham, him yes. Um, <laughs> I, I only recall him because I had remembered um, reading an article that, for the most part, everybody was really, you know, because they had this rush to get it done. They had to get it done within this 24 hour span. Cause I think it was done around like Thanksgiving. Um, so they, uh, you know, everybody worked together surprisingly well, except there was like one person who was kind of hard to deal with. And he, you know, kind of told him off. He was like, you don't have to be a wanker. Just, you know, just for one day, don't, <laughs> you know, don't do this for one day. Just put it on hold. I know you are one, but, um, well, and the reason they had to get it done in 24 hours is because that was the only amount of time that they would uh, give them without having to pay a fee for the studio. Yeah, yeah. and I think, uh, yeah, they, they were they borrowed the studio. Now studio time was donated. So. Yeah, you know everything. I mean, that's that's why they didn't why they decided to do an original song because they didn't want to have to pay any royalty fees. You right. know, because that's that's less money that would be going to you know to aid um, their cause there. So I mean, everything. From from artists donating their time and and you know just paying for their own planes and whatever. Right. Uh, I mean that's. Yeah, I, I think one of them actually had to come from like New York City. Um, yeah, uh, Boy George. Yeah. Yeah. He, and they he actually did. had to like wake him up because he was like <laughs> uh, he was um, not not. I think he had overslept, and they actually had to like wake him up and drag kind of drag him. Uh, they flew him in on a Concord. Because they had called and they couldn't, he had overslept, and they were like, you need to be here now. So they actually flew him over on a Concord. Like, can you imagine, uh, you know, like, we're just waking up, it's like, oh, I missed my flight. Let me hop on this Concord so I can be across the ocean in three hours and record this song. sing my song. Yeah, he he went straight to the studio, and I think they said he got there about 6 p.m., and they were done at 7 p.m., and that was it. Yeah. It's funny, because they originally... um, um, Midge Yor ended up producing it. Now they had originally wanted, uh, oh gosh, what's his name? It's going to kill me. Um, Trevor, uh, Trevor Horn, I believe to, to record it and produce it and, you know, be the, the guy behind the guy, I guess the guy behind the scenes because he yeah. was such a big, big time producer at the time. And of course he couldn't do it. So um, he ended up, when they re-released it a year later in 1985, he ended up actually remastering the tapes and, and redoing it all. And I mean, it ended up still, you know, until 97 with Elton John's uh, candle in the wind, it was like the biggest selling single in UK history. Yeah. Which is, I mean, it's really cool because that's exactly what they wanted. They wanted the sales, you know, right, exactly. Uh, and I, I mean, I know they ended up like raising millions of dollars. Um, yes. It, and it was specifically for Ethiopia. But I, I remember reading something that was like originally um, 
when they say there won't be snow in Africa this Christmas time, it was supposed to be there won't be snow in Ethiopia this Christmas Ethiopia, time. Ethiopia, like, yeah. Horrible. So they changed it to Africa. <laughs> Can you imagine there won't be snow in Ethiopia? Right, that, 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 yeah, I, I, I get it. It doesn't, it doesn't scan, no. They also, I think they thought that, you know, that Ethiopia wouldn't get the same, you know, it wouldn't have the same pull as, you know, Africa. Kind of well, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you think about it and, and we do this all the time. You know, I'm, I'm a salesman at, at our, our ProLite section there at, at our Christmas store. And, uh, you know, you, you don't just focus on the one. You got to, you really got to, you know, spread the net, I guess you could right. say. And, and you really want to make it sound bigger than it is, you know. So you emphasize, like for us with our light bulbs, we'd say, yeah, they're rated for 50,000 hours of lifetime use, you know, whereas like, you don't want to just say Ethiopia, you say Africa and that, right. I mean, that's, but like back, no, back then it's like, would have people, I, people probably wouldn't have been so familiar with Ethiopia. Like now you, I, 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 I can't really speak to what, you know, people knew about world geography in 1984, <laughs> but um, you think that maybe, you know, people wouldn't have been as familiar with Ethiopia, like, you know, I don't know what you're talking about as, you know, Africa is more of a broad generalization. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you want to hit, you know, they wanted to hit as many people as they could. And then later on when uh, USA, um, what is it? USA for, for Africa, when they did theirs, same thing. They, you know, they just tried to throw out, cast a wide net and see what, what what stuck. Uh, You know, both these two, uh, by the way, I, we do have that video. Uh, recorded on an old Betamax uh, <laughs> tape. <laughs> My dad still has Betamax, uh, and it's it still works. We still have that recorded oh, on wow. the tape. Yeah, <laughs> it's just... yeah. I, I, when when you had um, mentioned that we'd be covering this, I went back and I, I rewatched the video for the first time in a long time. It's like, for one, you don't realize how bad that quality of video is. Like, it... you don't ever remember looking at these things and, and as a kid or granted I don't think I ever saw the video as a kid unless it happened to be on MTV or anything because you don't have the, the medium we didn't have YouTube and stuff so you wouldn't have right. any internet at all back then so it was like TV or nothing um but it's like I don't remember you know, even when I watch like the first episode of the Simpsons um from the, the Christmas episode yeah. of the Simpsons you know, you look back and it's like I don't remember it looking this horrible it, <laughs> yeah <laughs> that whole first season is is kind of sketchy yeah uh it, you know it doesn't really solidify until like halfway through season two uh right. <laughs> but i know what you mean it's it's you know because i mean there wasn't digital it was all analog and mm-hmm. so you know it was, it was tape for sure uh and and you see all the I mean, it's just it's really grainy and even mm-hmm. like these high definition versions uh that you can find on youtube of the video you know they've cleaned it up a lot but you can still tell that the colors aren't as bright. Right. And, and you know, it's, I mean, it's from its time. Yeah. And it's like, you wonder how long in 20 years, what are we going to look back at, you know, the DVD or the Blu-rays or even, um, you know, the, the YouTube videos that we see now are, are how are we going to look at those, you know? Are they- yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. It's just, you know, technology gets better and picture quality gets better. And <laughs> right. Uh, but, you know, I, there's something about recording uh, analog that I've found sounds to me better than recording on digital. And okay. I think it's all those extra harmonics that, uh, you know, are just, you know, those, those little pops and hisses and, and you get these, these overtones that you don't get in that like super clean digital environment. Right. And I, I mean, it, it sounds 
authentic. It doesn't sound yeah. computer generated. You know, you could tell it's music. It's not, you know, computer generated or it's not a, a you know, a drum machine. You know, it's it's people. It's the, yeah. the, the talent of people. It's not auto-tune. It's not computers. Um, you know, just having that that appreciation for the fact that you are listening to talent, not Nowadays, so many people in music are a little less about talent, and, and not, they're still they've obviously got something, um, but more about their image as a whole. When yes. back, you know, back then you could ha- get away with relying on talent more than looks. <laughs> that yes, back then you you had to have the the talent because really there was no hiding, like right. you're saying. You know, nowadays, yeah, you just you go on stage and sometimes you can even lip sync, but most of the time it's, it's, you know, it's, it's there. And if you're not at your best, they'll run it through a, an auto tune program, right. even live while you're doing it live. And, and it makes you sound. And great. I think that's um, like when I did see Phil Collins last year, that's what I appreciated about him is like, you know, when you have somebody with that kind of talent that recorded so long ago, they weren't filtered. They weren't auto-tuned. They yeah. weren't run through all these machines. So what you hear, if you listen to one of their albums, is what you hear when you go to the concert. Nowadays, if you go to a, you know, a concert for a, a modern artist, it sounds so different and the quality sounds so much poorer yeah. because there's that, you don't have things cleaning it up. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. And and it's, yeah, the sound of each of each one is super clean, but it doesn't jive together because you're missing all those extra, you know, all those extra harmonics and stuff yeah. and, and, and just the little natural distortions that we get when we, when we speak. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm glad you brought up Phil Collins because yes, he did play drums on these. And uh, he, of course he's like one of my all time favorite musicians. Uh, I'm also stuck in the eighties for a lot of my, <laughs> a lot of my musical tastes. Uh, although of course uh, I, I do venture into the, 70s and 90s sometimes yeah i think i being being more of a child of the 90s um uh, i i i'm in the 90s well i'm and i'm a little bit older than you i'm i'm from 1980 so okay so yeah i've got a couple i remember the 80s uh, a little bit more probably uh especially around this time but uh i remember the video for this uh, and it's funny because i didn't remember the song very much but when i went back and saw the video i remembered watching it on MTV, you know, back yeah. when they showed videos. And I remember trying to figure out who was who, and I only recognized Boy George. And uh, my dad had to tell me who Phil Collins was because I didn't realize him. It's, you, know, you know, he sings Sue Studio. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> um, and of course, I knew uh, George Michael um, yeah. because I loved uh, Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go. Wham. Yeah, you know, it's Wham is, is, is great, you know, Careless Whisper, all those um so i knew like those but a lot of these other guys uh, i didn't very really know too much you know and and there's a lot of the uh, duran duran uh it's like i think their whole group is there and uh but even like and there are a couple of people to this day that i'm not all that familiar with like uh who was the first guy that sings is it paul young paul young yeah paul young like i don't know who like i know who george michael is i know who boy george is i know who simon laban is i you know i know all of these guys by name but paul Mm -hmm. young i don't know who that is 
<laughs> and I, I remember we actually have a song of his recorded that my dad really liked, uh, although I can't remember which one it is right now. But I remember that was one of the videos that every time we'd watch, it's like, okay, fast forward. Let's get to the yeah. next one. You know? <laughs> yeah, like I think I, I when I looked him up one time, I recognized um, like the names of the songs he had done. Yeah. But like I don't recognize his face. I don't recognize his voice. I don't recognize his name. Yeah. Like, it, it, most other people, like even like Bob Geldof, like, I know who he is. Right. Um, but I, you know, I would never recognize his face, you know, yeah. that kind of thing or, or his voice. Um, but it's like Paul Young. Nope. <laughs> no, not a clue. See, I, I wonder like how well the album would have sold. I mean, it already sold, you know, it, it was already a big hit, but I wonder how well it would have done if David Bowie and like Paul McCartney had been able to make it yeah. like they were supposed to. Yeah. You know, and I think I think the Thompson twins were even asked, and they couldn't make it. And uh, you, you know, Frankie goes to Hollywood, and like, I think I like, they had kind of a didn't they? Didn't those guys like record something elsewhere? They did. And so they were kind of added in. So like on a on a, on the B side, they were they gave like a little bit of I believe it was uh, just you know little talks about you know the situation okay. and stuff like that. Um, um, yeah, so it was it was just the same instrumental track, and it was just messages from from them. Okay, okay. And, uh, and yeah. I, I I had read something once that there were a couple of people, and they were never named, but there were three people who just flat out didn't want anything to do with. It. So they turned mm. Bob Geldof down when they were approached about it. Oh um, wow! He didn't name them, but he said there were three people that. that oh, I wonder who those are. Yeah, so I was always like, uh, you know, I can't think. You Milton John? No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> When you come to, you know, the big names of, you know, of, of Irish and, and, and British singers from back then, it's like you've got most of them, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that, oh man, now I'm really curious. Right. So go down a Google rabbit hole of, you know, conspiracy theories. Yes. Exactly. Turn Bob Geldof down for, for this song. Oh man. Yeah, I could, um. I mean, I, I can't even imagine anyone turning them down, you know? I mean, it's yeah. like such a good such a good cause, and if everybody else is doing it, you know? Like, I, I would imagine maybe they didn't quite get the scope of it, and then once things came out, you know, it might have been, hey, I'm putting this thing together, and he was like, no, 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 I'm not interested. And then once everything came out, it's like, oops. oops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just keep that hush-hush. Uh, uh, scheduling. It was just scheduling. I couldn't right. do it. <laughs> Yeah, it uh, the the song itself is really interesting because it's it's got like it doesn't really have like this traditional structure, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like it's got the verse, uh, and then it's got like this kind of bridge section. Yeah, and then all of a sudden it goes into like that big gang vocals at the end, you know, uh, feed the yeah. yeah, and and that part there, which is really cool. And um, so you know, you don't really have like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus kind of structure yeah. that you normally get. Uh, so I think already that kind of sets it apart from most of, of the different, you know, most other songs. You almost wonder if they did have to kind of um, accommodate egos. <laughs> like, you know, you, that... you know like uh, you, you don't want to have a couple of people doing the verses and then yep. the chorus. So they add these extra elements to it to accommodate people like Sopano has his own little part and you know to give you know sing his own part kind of uh 
you know, to accommodate, <laughs> hey, I'm not just going to be a chorus person. Yeah. Well, I'm curious how they decided who was going to pick which, you mm-hmm. know, was going to take which part. Uh, because, yeah, I, I imagine, like you said, juggling those egos. I mean, that's got to be difficult. Yeah. yeah and it's I mean, like, I, you know, you, you hear, um, like, there's, there's one part where Boy George, it's the part where I, th- I thought it was Michael Jackson for the longest time, where he just, like, interjects it oh uh, yeah. like <laughs> yes, like, yes. was that planned or was that just you know was this something that and i wondered is this something that he just kind of popped in there with because you know were their egos that big because these are all top of, you know they're top of the charts at, at that given time um so it's like did you have you know were moments like that organic because of egos or were mm-hmm. moments like that hey boy george pop in with an o here you know I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I guess that's something we would have to ask Midge Your <laughs> Yeah, I think that might be why I like the super group so much, because I always, I'm so curious about the psychology of the dynamics of it, mm-hmm. working with so many people who are probably used to being the front man or the most yeah. important. Yeah, they're, they're the star, you know? Right. And so it's like, you know, and like, like we've already said, they've, they, they did all work together very well, but were there, you know, were there moments where it was like... I got to put a little extra in there so they know it's me kind of even though they're going to think it's Michael Jackson. <laughs> I don't know. I know they recorded the gang vocals first because uh, okay. they figured that would be the easiest to get done, but also feel like, you know, we accomplished something. Right. And then uh, for those that couldn't stay the whole time, they could leave. Although apparently uh, <laughs> there was quite a bit of partying after it was all. I would, yeah, I would, yeah, I would imagine so. <laughs> Probably yeah, during as well, because I think I, a lot of them at that point were probably at the height of their partying days. Well, yeah, you're right about that. I know there was a couple, um, a couple of guys that were supposed to sing on it, and. Uh, uh, I don't want to call out their names right now, but uh, they got in there. They tried to record, and I guess they were too messed up to record yeah. their lines, and uh, they ended up scrapping them. <laughs> and other people came in and sang. Oh man! <laughs> yeah, th- that's to me. I mean, I get it. You know, you're a rock star. You're you're. And I think they doing all your own thing. You know, that was the life to live back then. Every single you know, if you look at Phil Collins' biography, if you look at Boy George, if you look at um, you know, George Michael, all of them at that point were yeah. probably, you know, living like rock stars. Oh um, yeah. So it ever, was pretty standard, you know. Did you ever see um The Dirt on Netflix? It's about Motley Crue. I did not. Okay, so the movie itself is is it's okay. I mean, it's it's not a great movie, but it it's an interesting look at the uh, at like the band and all yeah. that stuff. Um, but yeah, it, it's essentially, you know, other people, they, and they even say that, you know, Motley Crue, they did it because they were Motley Crue while others were doing it because they were, they were rock stars, you know? Right. And so, uh, you know, that kind of that mentality of, well, I'm, this is what I'm supposed to do because I'm, I'm, you know, so, fa- so famous and I'm amazing. and Everybody loves me, but, uh, yeah, well, like, have you you've seen? Um, and and I, I I'm only going by hearsay because I actually haven't seen this movie, but like, um, I think it's Bohemian Rhapsody. You know, kind of. Oh, uh huh. Um, with you know what my husband had, has told me about it, just you know, you know people stringing. Um, oh my gosh, why can't I remember his name? Who's Freddie Mercury? Freddie Mercury. I'm sorry. Um, I, you know, people just kind of you know bringing Freddie Mercury along as you know almost. A puppet at some points, you know, a lot of people using him and, you know, so yeah. you always wonder, you know, how many of them were, I don't want to say forced into a lifestyle like that, but, mm-hmm. you know, kind of 
instead a lifestyle like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it was the eighties too, you know, yeah. cocaine, man. Yes. So this, uh, the, to, the promotion for this thing was really interesting because um, so Bob Geldof was already scheduled to be on BBC one, uh, the radio show, the BBC radio um, with Richard Skinner, I believe. And he was supposed to be you know, promoting their next album with, uh, with his group. And instead, because of this whole project, he ended up promoting that. So there was like a huge hype before it even came out. Yeah. And uh, you know, that's, I mean, that's really the way things are done now. I mean, you see like, you know, nowadays they release trailers and, and, and the trailers for trailers, you know, they have like, like a, yeah, like teaser, a teaser. teaser tra- yeah. 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 You get the teaser before the trailer. Before so the trailer. Yeah. Just it comes out in three months. You know? <laughs> exactly. And uh, so this was kind of like, I guess the, the eighties, you know, mu- music version of trailer, you know, trailers, yeah. uh, it's like, Hey, we're, you know, I'm on the show. I'm coming out with this thing. Everybody's going to be there. It's going to be awesome. Right. Uh, I'm sure it was a pretty, you know, something like that. Some, all these people getting together was a huge deal. I can't even imagine like the lines, you know, at, at the record stores. I mean, yeah. you see, uh, like when we talked to Cabbage Patch Kids, uh, you know, I mean, there were lines yeah. down the street, you know, and people fighting for them. Exactly. So I, I mean, I can't even imagine for this super group, you know, it's, right. I mean, you've got you two and Duran Duran and, you know, Phil Collins and, and all That's these like guys. Back then you went to buy the tape. That's, you know, there was no, you know, you could yeah, you don't download video, it. Yeah. But yeah, there was no, it wasn't this easy access to like yep. that we're so used to now. Yeah. You um, waited in line for it. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's like, you know, you had to go to a store and buy the tape and, that you know you didn't hear it until you know if you hadn't heard it on the radio you don't hear it until then yeah um, it could be horrible it could be could be great yeah <laughs> yeah and, and oh man so many times and i've been burned by that so many times where I, uh, there's like one great song and i'm like yeah, oh so man i can't wait to get it and then song, you know because you don't you didn't have the access to listen to the rest you know now it's like okay i find a song i like i go I, you know i can go on amazon and i can hear a preview of every other of song. everyone yep right but you know back then it was like you know the first song from an album is dropped and that's all you have to go on yeah yeah exactly yeah uh you know but i I imagine hearing that uh you know paul mccartney and and uh david bowie saying something on you know on the albums gotta help sales you know (laughs) i I mean i definitely if if someone had told me that back then you know uh everybody's on this the ones that couldn't be on it are still do something yeah i mean i'd I'd totally be in line for that you know yeah um, as far as like Christmas feelings, I don't really know if this evokes like the Christmas feels in me. You know what I mean? I, I do in the sense that <clears throat> like, I not like traditional Christmas music gives me the warm and fuzzies, but I yeah. get this song reminds me of Christmas. Yeah. So it's like, you know, if I hear the, you know, this song, I do get the feeling of being closer to Christmas because it's not something that is played like on the few channels that are, are around year round. Um, I mm-hmm. think um, Amazon, like I, I listen to an Amazon music channel. Um, so it's like, it's like holiday classics or something like that. And so I don't think it's necessarily on heavy rotation. Right. Um, so I may, I probably don't hear it year round 
when I'm listening to Christmas music year round, I only hear it closer to Christmas. So I have that association, that feeling of Christmas, but not necessarily the warm and fuzzy connecting it with, you know, the nostalgia and joy of Christmas, if that makes sense. It it does. Yeah. And I think part of that also, uh, besides, you know, um, how much play it gets, I think also is the way it's like, um, arranged and, uh, scored you know the way it's orchestrated mm-hmm. you know it doesn't have a lot of the hallmarks that we think of when we think of christmas music you yeah. know there's there's not a there's not a lot of bells there's not a lot of uh, uh no it's know. almost kind of uh, uh i don't ethnic is a horrible word it's not the word i'm looking for um <laughs> but it's got almost a um you know especially at the beginning kind of so, you, know, you associate it more with kind of africa <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> necessarily like christmas bells are ringing kind of thing right right you know and and for me especially i mean i love like the christmas music from like the 40s and 50s you know i love the the bing crosby you know the you know there's a full fully orchestrated kind of thing to me when i hear that i know that's exactly yeah that's that's christmas you know uh and so this is like almost the opposite. Now the, the the difference though is that when you when you talk about songs like last christmas by wham I mean, that one, again, it, it's almost the same where it's it's not scored like a traditional Christmas song. Right. But this uh, song, you know, but, when that first bong hits, you know what's coming. You know that's, yeah, coming. that's true. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it does have that, that one up, at least for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is kind of cool. Uh, and we'll be covering, of course, uh, Last Christmas uh, in the future episodes. But uh, <laughs> I am excited to get to that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, that song I like a little bit more. It's, yeah, it, it's funny because, you know, this one feels, uh, you know, it sets it up like it's a Christmas song a little bit more. But that one, I think, is more successful as a song. Right. Like one th- one difference between those two is. This song has never been covered since, other than like, I've seen it on a Glee episode, um, but it's never, I mean, Last Christmas has been redone, like Taylor Swift. Oh yeah, Taylor Swift, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, it's been covered many, many times um, Mm -hmm. when, well, this song has, you know, has not, um, you know. Yeah, the only thing they did was re-release it uh, in 85, and then in 89, they re-recorded it with um, a new lineup, and then um, a a couple of other times they did, I think uh, 2004 and 2014, um, where it was like a 20 and 30 year thing. Um, But I mean, it was pretty much the same. I mean, it wasn't wasn't like, you know... It wasn't like like when Taylor's... The song. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So they didn't make it their own. It was basically like we're just gonna redo it, you know. Right. And uh but I, I think what makes this song I, I mean the song's great and that feed the world section with the gang vocals, I mean it's just, you know, that's nice. But I, I think what what when this song kind of suffers a little bit is that there's no real like refrain to to you know to really pound in your head except for that that last section yeah so you know there's no there's no chorus there's no uh right like half the time i can't even remember the actual title of the song i have oh yeah 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 because i've heard people refer to it as feed the world feed the world yeah um and so it's like you know do they know it's christmas after all you know so i have to kind of like go through it in my head because it doesn't you're right it doesn't have that that full on you know kind of repetition mm-hmm in there other than beat the world so yeah exactly so for for the longest time i actually thought that was the title yeah like i think isn't isn't there like 
the song is titled do they know or and, and then in parentheses it's like feed the world could Was be uh, okay like i don't know if i'm making this up or i don't know i don't see it um okay. it's possible but i mean sometimes print uh, parenthetical titles are included yeah sometimes and sometimes not i might so. be making it up because i really want the <laughs> title to be feed the world but it's like uh, Don't Fear the Reaper, which is like one of my all-time favorite songs. And, uh, you know, the Don't Fear part is actually in parentheses. And yeah. the Reaper is actually like technically the title. Right. <laughs> but but uh, no, I don't I don't see any uh, here. Okay. But, you know, uh, Phil Collins on drums is so cool because, you know, he, he still played drums a little bit for uh, Genesis, but mm-hmm. really by that time, I mean, he was already starting to go solo and he really wasn't playing much drums anymore. You know, yeah. he, like he might program a drum machine, but that's about it. And so, so to have him come in and, and just, you know, just lay out all this lay drum down, tracks. Like, kind of old school, like that, that felt like, you know, he was taking more of a backseat role you yeah know, so that that for me was like oh look at phil collins you know you know no, you'd think that he would want hey my voice my voice you want to hear me you want to know it's me but it's like with a drummer you don't necessarily know it's phil collins until you say hey this drummer's phil collins yeah, exactly um, yeah so, so it's like you know it, it not having a prominent role like that I'll always kind of you know i appreciate that a little bit more because it's like you know you're dealing with those egos so for him to just say, Hey, I'm going to, and I think he did, you know, pop in with some chorus. Um, but you know, knowing he was like, okay, I'm just going to lend this and I'm doing my part and I don't need any, you know, you know, I will get the recognition, but it's not as like, Oh, that's Phil Collins when you hear a voice kind of thing. Yeah. You know, uh, the edge was actually, um, supposed to lay down some guitar tracks for this, some lead oh, yeah? and I, it just didn't quite work. Yeah. So they ended up like, Bono could be there, but you can't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like it, it, they, I think they ended up taking it out like, they just didn't include it because okay. they just, they couldn't get it to, to work right. Something about it just seemed off and yeah. you know, which I mean, he's never been my favorite guitarist, but I mean, he's a great guitarist. And yeah. so if it doesn't work, that means he's, I mean, something's yeah. not right, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but that happens sometimes. You have all these ideas and you can't always include them all. You got to prove it. Right. And I think, it, you know, it is a pretty big venture to try and fit all of these pieces, um, you know, with with everybody wanting to be their own individual, with everybody being their own individual piece to get them all to come together as they, as well as they did was yep. the beat. So I have to ask, what is your, and, and I know it's kind of hard, but um, what is your hap, hap, happiest memory of this song at Christmas time. Um, if you had to pinpoint it, I don't know. So I don't think I have a pinpoint. It's just always something that, you know, has, has kind of been there. And I think, you know, my discovery along, along the way of this song, it's like, you've been hearing it for so long and then still learning new things as recent as, you know, last year or, you know, still learning, Oh, that person was in it. I never knew that person was in it. So I think, you know, my happiest memory of the song is, the discovery along the way nice. um, of, you know, different, you know, different vocals. And like I said, uh, it was just up until the past year that I thought Michael Jackson was in the song. So <laughs> even, you know, okay. 15 years later, 10 years after, you know, as long as I've been hearing this song, I'm still learning new things about it. So. That's cool. That's really cool. Uh, for me, it would have to be um, when I was asked um, by the Tis the Podcast guys to sing uh, 
<laughs> on this song and it was just you know mostly just the gang vocal part yeah uh, but still i mean it was that was cool i i dug that so yeah that I would think- that would be like i'm not a singer so i you know kind of leave it to um leave it to the professionals um <laughs> well, then you're gonna hate this next part <laughs> okay i think i already did the i think you know i've already i already volunteered a little bit uh of that boy george part that i that i had mistaken for so long so I think you did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll, we can count that if you want. Uh, so this is a, the part of the show that I like to call gag me with a spoon. So this is where we pick our least favorite part of uh, whatever it is that we're talking about. And we do our best imitation of it. Okay. <laughs> okay. So um, if you'd like, I could go first just, okay. just because, um, you know, I know you're not a singer uh, as you say. Um, so there's um I love the song, so it's hard to pick like my least favorite, but I think my least favorite part is uh, when um, George Michael comes in, which is is terrible because I love George Michael, but I'm going to do my best George Michael impression. And I I am fighting some allergies right now, so excuse me, but, uh, but say a prayer, pray for the other ones at Christmas time. I don't. I don't know. I'm gonna stop there. <laughs> and then George comes in. And he's like, and, you know, and you almost don't understand, you know, some, what he says after that. He's like, it's, it's, it's hard, but when you're having fun, yeah. that, like you almost don't know yeah. what he's saying. That was good. That was good. I like that. <laughs> I almost picked. I, I really came close. I almost picked that. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> And it does, that little hook sounds like Michael Jackson. So, okay, so here was my thought on this for the longest time. Here was my thought on, on, like, you never really, I I always try to identify individual voices. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, like, thinking that Michael Jackson was in on this, I'm like, you know what? He is so self-absorbed that he had to pop in there with that just so he had his own little hook because you don't hear him (laughs) any other point. And it turns out he was not in there to begin with. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, you know, boy, George, boy, Um, George. Yeah. I would say, okay. So mine would be the, what is the, what is the Bono part? Um, let's see. Bono is, uh, Oh, well tonight, tonight, thank God it's them instead of you. (laughs) Yeah. I don't like Bono. Like at all. (laughs) Like I have, okay. So I'm not a big U2 fan. Okay. And I don't like Bono. And then you remember years ago, and it was within the past five years, maybe you two automatically put oh yes on all iPhones. Yes, <laughs> like, I do recall I that. I paid six hundred dollars for this phone. You do not get to put your album <laughs> on my phone without my consent. Like I was irate. I couldn't get it to delete from my phone. I was on the phone with like. Uh, you know, Apple care, like get this off. My, like I took it as a personal offense. Um, so I think <laughs> I just don't like Bono. So that would be, you know. All right. Well now I will leave it up to you listeners to vote for which one of us uh, <laughs> had the, the best worst impression. Was it uh, April as Bono or was it me as uh, George Michael? And I, I think uh, you, you uh, really nailed that George Michael. Spoilers. It's April. <laughs> <laughs> the you winner that George Michael. I am a horrible, horrible. Singer. No, I think you did great. Um, yeah. We the winner will get a uh, um, a totally rad Christmas sticker, uh, unless I win, which I get nothing. Okay. <laughs> I, can, I can put it. 
I, I would, regardless, I would love a, a, a totally rad Christmas sticker because um, I've got on my, on the front of my laptop, I have just podcast Christmas pay. I have all of my Christmas podcasts on my laptop. So Nice. All right. Well, you heard it, folks. Go ahead and vote for April then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, any last thoughts on this before we? I think we've pretty well covered it all. I think we have, too. Um, like I'm, I'm really like when you said this was going to be the topic, I, at first I'm like, OK, I, can, I really dig this song and I feel like I can talk about this. But for about 10, 15 minutes, what are we going to talk about? But I feel <laughs> like we really delved into and we got to the, you know the nitty gritty of this, uh, of this song. And I feel really good about it. I think we did too. So I have to ask, um, GI Joe taught us in the eighties that knowing is half the battle. What do you think the other half is? Doing. <laughs> All right, then. Do or do not, there is no try. <laughs> that's, we'll, okay. we'll, we'll pivot from GI Joe to Yoda. <laughs> well, that's okay. That's better than mine. Uh, I think that um, the other half of the battle is that if you can't get a famous producer, produce it yourself, wait till it's a hit, uh, then ask okay. him again next year. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, do or do not, there, you know, there is no try. I mean, they did it. They, they did, yeah. They got in there and they did it, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i love star wars so uh I, I taught i taught my daughter when she was i think she was like three um to say um size matters not <laughs> in a yoda voice and it was like the cutest thing everybody was like size I, I, not. <laughs> I went a little bit different along the same lines and like with my my son is now 15 but when he was younger it was may the shorts be with you Nice. Classic. Yeah. <laughs> May the Schwartz be with you. Yes. So it's like, I, you know, he, he, he got the introduction there. He might have actually been introduced to Spaceballs before Star Wars. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. That's that cool. Kind of, you know, we, we appreciate humor like that in our family. So. Oh, I love, yeah. Spaceballs is one of my favorites. Yeah. I mean, you, it doesn't get better than that as yeah. far as comedy. I love Mel Brooks and all his stuff, really. But. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to another edition of Chatting with the Littles. I'm once again here with my little number one, my almost eight-year-old daughter. How are you doing today? Good. I'm with my Cabbage Patch Kid, Eve. Oh. Howdy, folks. <laughs> is, is that Eve? Yes. <laughs> Do you remember the song, Do They Know It's Christmas? No, because I have not heard it. You don't remember it? Well, no. Probably because it's not on the Time Life Treasury of Christmas, right? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> You don't know? Okay. Well, it's not, so that's why we don't really uh, we don't really listen to it very much. Do you think it's a good idea for your uh, for your friends to get together and sing a song and try to raise money for people that are starving? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea, right? Mm-hmm. Well, what about other Christmas songs? Do you remember those? It's like Silent Night and... Mm, I don't remember any other ones. You don't remember any other ones? What about Jingle Bell? Oh, yeah, Jingle Bell. What about Feliz Navidad? Feliz Navidad. (laughs) So you do remember them. Feliz Navidad. Do you remember when we go Christmas caroling? Yes and no. Yes and no? More yes than no or more no than yes? More yes than no. Well, that's good. Yeah, you remember this last year that we went? Mm, yeah, we were in Falfurious. We were, weren't we? And we sang lots of songs I did not know. <laughs> that does happen sometimes. Well, it's been fine chatting with you. So mm-hmm. I think we are going to get back to our regularly scheduled program.
Well, April, thank you so much for coming on. It was thank a lot of fun me. talking with you. It was. And uh, I, you're right. I think we really got into the song. It's a great song. And uh, I wish they played it at our Christmas store, but we kind of have a rotation that they like to play. You, do you, now, do you, does your Christmas store do more like instrumental or is there actual? No, most of the time it's, um, I mean, it's actual like songs, okay. but, but singer. Uh, so it, it would have been nice, but uh, they, they have their own, you know, they, they have their own uh, playlist that they love to. <laughs> when they're not looking, I might, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that and last Christmas. There, oh, that's another one, yeah. <laughs> Do you like the Wham version or the Taylor Swift version? Oh, the Wham version. Uh, okay, yeah. good. Um, <laughs> like my now nine-year-old used to sing that when she was little. And my, some of my kids are in speech therapy and they've been that way. Like, so they've had speech issues from very early on. So at three mm-hmm. years old, she would be singing that. And um, Feliz Navidad. Oh, but nice. in all, with all of her speech errors. So oh, right. Mm-hmm. They'll have those videos where it's just adorable, where they're not pronouncing words right. And yep. now, now, obviously, we're correcting those things. But back then, it was just, you know, uh, you know, so she would always sing Last Christmas. And it was just cute in her little pixie voice at three years old. Oh, I can imagine. My three-year-old, uh, he still has trouble saying his R's. Okay. And uh, so, it, you know, it comes out every once in a while uh, where he'll say something and, and you're just like, wait, what? But yeah. it's so cute, you know? And you, it's... Exactly. I think with my youngest, we didn't correct her for the longest time. It's the words <laughs> that she said poorly because it was so cute. Yeah. Um, so it was like, and that, I think that made, you know, I, um, you know, even now she, uh, like, she couldn't say her L's and she said her L's like wise. Oh, and so, uh-huh. like, and, you know, she, she had bumped her head one time. And so she's like, I got a yump. On, I have a yump. Um, and so like, we actually started calling it a yump for the longest time. Oh yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, so. She's just uh, bringing out her inner Hispanic, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, she's also like, when you're the baby of four kids, it's, she's the baby. <laughs> yeah. I got you. My, my mom is the youngest of six. And, uh, so I, I understand how that goes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it was, uh, it was so much fun. So let me just say again, thank you. And I'm going to end it with, in our world of plenty, we can spread a smile of joy. How? By finding us as always on our social media pages, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website uh, coming soon. Now follow your star as other has before you. So don't forget to vote. Later, dudes. Wait, what did you want to say? I wanted to say the challenge, and the challenge is to create your own Christmas song and make sure you show it to us or make us listen to it on Twitter and... (laughs) Facebook and Instagram? Yes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Sounds great. Later, dudes. Again.